Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to uh, Title Now's pop-up webinar for this week. I'm Melissa Murphy with The Fund, and we are sponsoring these weekly webinars uh, for a while at least to bring the real estate settlement services industry and the title insurance industry topics of interest and timely interest. We're hoping to uh, have the flexibility to create uh, what, and that's why we call them pop-up webinars, to create a very quick turnaround in these topics so that we're addressing things that are going on today. Um, they are every Thursday at noon for 30 minutes. You can get the content by registering or subscribing to the podcast, and you can get that wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so I encourage you to do that. So more uh, conversations surrounding the effect of the pandemic. Uh, we have talked about various aspects of the pandemic over the past several weeks, and today we're going to concentrate on how uh, real estate attorneys have adapted their practices, how they have adjusted their practices to deal with the practical consequences of the pandemic. So I have with me three fund members uh, from various parts of the state. I have Kyla Connie from Hollywood. I have Skip Strauss from Pembroke Pines. Um, and I have Jordan Lulick from Vero Beach. Um, and I invited these three particular individuals to participate uh, because I know they have busy practices and they have varying approaches to how they're dealing with it. So thanks to all of you for participating today. And to start off, why don't each of you briefly talk about your real estate practice? You know, how long have you been in practice? What kind of practice do you have? Um, how big is your office? How small is your office? Just, and, and Kyla, we'll start with you. Hi, thank you for having me in this uh, wonderful uh, webinar. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I have, I have been practicing for 20, I forgot, 20 something years. <laughs> um, and I have, and I've been practicing with my partner, Jay Auerbach, who's also my husband. And yes, we get along. And um, I, <laughs> And I practice mostly, I focus my my um, area of practice on real estate, real estate transactions, um, negotiations, that sort of thing. And we have an office, of, we're two attorneys and two staff. One of our staff is working remotely right now, but the other one is with us in the office. And mostly residential or a mixture? Oh, sorry, yes. A majority of our practice focuses on residential, although we do commercial as well. Okay. Skip. How about you? Melissa, thanks. It's great to be here and see all the people I'm not seeing out across the state. So uh, Melissa and I uh, go back a long time and uh, I started my law practice when Harry Smith came into UM Law School and showed us how to uh, actually read an abstract. And that's how I learned those on the call who are old enough, we know it. So that's really how my practice developed. And I've been practicing real estate in South Florida for uh, about 40 years mostly residential, pretty good commercial practice too. Uh, we also have some litigation, general practice. We do some estate work and we do some probate. So I actually have uh, two offices with about uh, 17 people on staff. Wow. And uh, again, thanks for, thanks for including me. You bet. And Jordan, tell us about uh, Jordan's life. 
So I'm the baby attorney. My name is Jordan Lulich. I've been practicing for two years. Um, and although I'm the baby attorney, I was reluctant at first to embrace it, but I found, uh, you know, most recently, it, it's definitely been uh, useful in, in marketing my mostly residential real estate practice. Uh, we've got three attorneys. Uh, we've got um, five staff members. Um, and since the pandemic hit, uh, we've had our older employees work remotely. Um, and we've, um, the younger employees, the millennials have stayed inside the office continuing to work. Um, but, you know, we, I'm here in Rio Beach. We have a quite smaller town. Um, so it, we haven't been hit as severe as the larger uh, areas in Florida. Um, so we've had a little bit different, uh, you know, not as, as severe measures being taken uh, for our practice. Uh, Skip, uh, both Kyla and Jordan have indicated that some of their staff is working remotely. What about your office? How is that? How have you made adjustments for that, if at all? Candidly, I have a millennial daughters, and they were pushing me, Dad, close the office, Dad, close the office. For those of you who have that age group, you can probably identify. So about five weeks ago, we said to our employees, you have to start working from home. We were pretty well equipped. We had the technology already. Um, everyone has a direct line. Her phones go directly to her cell phones. Her emails are all accessible. So that worked out great. We then brought back a few people um, who are isolated. Everyone wears gloves and masks in the office. We are not letting clients in the office. We lock our front door. I'm a one story. Uh, we have a side entrance. Once in a while, we let people in. Um, vendors stop at the door. So we're really cautious because frankly, we're protecting our staff. That's the concern. Uh, for example, this morning, someone came in for a couple hours to work and they call first to see who's in the office. So the, the goal is to protect the staff. That's the primary concern that we have. Good for you. And Kyla, you said that, I think you said you all are working remotely, but um, you have a small office. When did you go remote um, and how is that structured? How's that working? Um, well, I'll, um, we're not remote. Um, oh, sorry. That's okay. We're, we're not remote. We've been working in the office continuously. We had to, of course, take measures to change the way we practice to accommodate for the health crisis. So um, our, we have one staff member that is working remotely um, because she has a young child and it works best for her to be at home with him. And the other staff member is here. She has her own office. Like Skip, we're a one level, we're one story. We're actually street level. So that gives us a lot of, um, I guess, uh, flexibility that some people that might not, people that are in large buildings, um, high rise buildings don't have. And we have um, locked our front door and um, our, we use our parking lot for curbside closings. And we don't. And and in the office, there's only three of us. It's just the one staff member and Jay and myself. And we don't we don't eat lunch together. We don't you know we can't do anything together. Of course, Jay and I can do whatever we want because we're husband and wife. But we have to be cautious of our staff member. And um, if we're outside of our actual offices, we try to wear the you know we wear the masks. Um, uh, and we have gloves as well. So have you conducted any closings uh, in the office since the pandemic hit or has it only been curbside? 
No, I, 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 I had to have a closing inside the office because the weather was inclement. So I, I had to do, I had no choice. I was very cautious. Um, I, I only let them in the front door. I didn't let them walk through the office. They came right to the conference room, which is in the front. They went in, we did our thing. We all wore masks, we all wore gloves. And when it was finished, I cleaned the entire office. I wiped it down and that's all, that's the best we can do. That's interesting. Yeah, we, we do um, civil litigation. We're a full service law firm. Uh, my practice, I, I try to focus in on civil litigation and real estate. And so other than real estate, we haven't seen any clients inside the office. We've only cut it down. And, and you know, the Department of Homeland Security said that real estate is a essential business. So right. we've continued to operate. Although we've locked our doors, we've really limited the amount of people, you know, dropping off escrow checks, dropping off any documentation, wire information. And we've only tried to uh, open our doors to people who are absolutely 100% uh, uh, set on closing in our office. Since January, I've tried to push everybody to do a RON closing, but there's a lot of people who, who are, are fearful of technology or you just can't talk into. So just like you, um, you know, for the people that do come into our office for a closing, uh, we all wear gloves, we all wear masks, um, you know, we wipe down the table, we, we take those necessary precautions. But starting this week, we've actually unlocked our doors and we're starting to have people come back into our office and we're essentially open for business again. So we're, we're, um, we're coming out of it because Sebastian and Vero Beach, Indian River County is a much smaller area. Um, so, you know, and we've seen that locally as well. Restaurants are open, property appraiser's office is open, tax collector's office is open. So we've seen a lot of local businesses and local uh, government uh, entities opening their doors for people to come in. Skip, what kinds of changes have you all made in the way you conduct closings, if any? Well, I'm getting a much better suntan because I'm doing my closing standing out in the parking lot. Well, I think that's terrific. <laughs> I hope you're wearing sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we, we, we tell the folks, uh, buyers and sellers, that we'd like to meet them in the parking lot. We ask them to bring gloves, masks. If they don't have, we supply. And uh, for the most part, they're very accommodating. And we're generally able to get a loan package out to a borrower initially and go over it with him before. So when he or she comes in, he has seen the documents. I, I, we mentioned this the other day in our group, and I, I hope the other attorneys on the, uh, on the webcam are seeing the same thing. Um, people are so much more respectful and so grateful that we're doing the closings. It's really, it's gratifying. And then Kylie, you, you and I talked about that. Yeah, I agree with Skip 100%. They, um, you know, you would think that they'd be irritated or you'd hope they wouldn't, but you, you have this thought in the back of your head, oh, they're gonna be irritated by this process. Everybody that we've worked with doing these curbside closings has been so grateful, so accommodating. They just are, they're so grateful that we're doing this and that we can accomplish what we say we're gonna accomplish. And I'm pleased by that. Again, like the only time Jordan I had to let one someone in was once, um, that one time last week. And it's someone that we work with. It's a it's a realtor who's also buying a property. So we went out, we bent over backwards to accommodate them and make sure that they didn't have to suffer outside in the rain. Yeah. But well, yeah. well, it's interesting because when the pandemic peaked for us, uh, we tried to enforce the policy that 
uh, we would only use a mobile closer. So we had we had a mobile closer we knew. They would drive to the, the seller's property, you know, seller's house or business or wherever they were, and they would conduct the mobile closing, essentially eliminating that, that human contact for us and our employees. Uh, and, and that didn't go over very well. Um, you know, we, we enforced it for that one closing, uh, but we got some serious pushback from all the different parties involved. You know, we can't even come into your office. We can't do this. And, so that that was a short-lived policy for us, and, and we we couldn't enforce it. So um, in terms of being grateful, I've noticed like Skip and like you, Kyla, that same gratefulness for for even being able to come to the office and being able to to do it in person because the alternatives, uh, you know, it makes people pretty upset that they can't. Yeah, I was in that position too with the mobile notary. People were giving me pushback, and I was like, oh, forget it. Let's just do it here. Yeah. You know, real estate agents, historically, the closing is a culmination of all of their work um, and all of their relationship with this uh, buyer or seller. So they always wanted to attend the closing and bring their gift baskets or you know, their welcome baskets, whatever um, their particular thing is. How have the real estate agents reacted to this new way of doing business? Um, have they tolerated your limitation of who comes to a closing? How have they reacted to the drive up closings? What's your experience? We have one realtor give us pushback and say, I want to be at the closing. And we said, look, it's really not safe. Um, but with the exception of that one person, we haven't had any problems with um, saying stay away. Okay. Yeah. Jordan, Skip? We've uh, we've permitted realtors, you know, as long as the groups, we don't have six, seven people coming in uh, for one of the buyers or seller side. Uh, we permitted the realtors to come. Um, only a couple of them have come, but they've been extremely cautious. They didn't even take a seat at the table. Um, they stayed in the background and, and they were very respectful of the situation and took every safety measure that they could in order to make sure that that you know they're taking into consideration this pandemic so um you know it hasn't been that big of an issue for us because i think all the agents are already cautious to begin with and so um you know we permitted them to come though so we haven't had to tell them or frame them from coming into our office Skip, what's been and your... I had one realtor who insisted on coming in the car. So she was in her car. Buyers were in their car. And I sat, I stood in the middle, and that was fine. She's a great realtor. Um, I did a one closing, Kyla, where um, a single buyer who who's, um, was more comfortable with his realtor, they came in and they sat at the other end of the table. So realtors, again, they're accommodating. They want the deal to get done, and they're very appreciative that we're getting, we're, we're doing the work, which is great. Right. Do any of you have uh, developed any kind of notification to the parties that describes what this process is going to be or, or any form of communication that you automatically send out to buyers or sellers and real estate agents that describes the precautions you're going to take? Or do you just handle that over the phone? Both. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're on the phone. Go ahead, Carla. I was just going to say, we do both. We do telephonic um, instructions and we do um, email written instructions about what they should expect um, depending on this issue. Some situations, we don't even have to set up the umbrella and the table and the chairs. We'll just go to their car and we tell them this is, you don't even have to get out of your car. So yeah, we have written instructions for that as well. Okay. 
For us, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, for the people that do, we, you know, again, we try to push everyone to do a remote online closing if we can. Obviously, that's not possible in every situation. So for the people who, for the few people who have come into the office, um, we, we handle that on a case-by-case -case scenario. And now we're, we're open for business again, so we're, we're kind of moving out of, of that for us here in, in uh, the Treasure Coast. Skim? I know a lot of our attendees are also doing probate and estate planning. Um, so I've signed wills and, and trusts with the, the people staying in the car and a 93 year old lady the other day. And uh, you, know, you, you do what you have to do. I know that Ron is going to be available for July, but as a practitioner, I want the lady, I want the man, I want the testatrix in front of me. So um, I think this is really going to be a large part of our practice. The, uh, for a while, yeah. Well, it sounds like you all have been successful about that. With that, um, so let's talk about the elephant in the room, uh, and that elephant's name is Ron. Um, I I was teasing my coworkers uh, a month or so ago that I just was going to change my name to Ronnie uh, because that's all I ever talk about. Um, <laughs> But I kind of love talking about it. It's sort of a love-hate relationship. And I suspect all of you have a love-hate relationship with them too. So let's talk about your experience with Ron. Um, Jordan, let's start with you because Jordan was, was one of those fund members who, as soon as he heard about Ron, he wanted to learn more. He wanted to start using it. Um, and he really got into the electronic signing of documents before Ron was authorized. Um, so that's how I really met Jordan and learned so much about his interest in this. So Ron, so uh, Ron, Jordan, <laughs> talk to us about Ron. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. I mean, Melissa. <laughs> um, so yeah, my experience started last year uh, when I heard about the bill being implemented January 1st. We wanted to do everything we could to prepare to it because look, I am the baby attorney. This is the attorneys in this industry are have a much uh, median age, much older than me. So I thought that one of uh, the attributes of being a younger attorney is to embrace technology and to be on the forefront because uh, it comes easier for, uh, at least allegedly, it comes easier for younger people. Uh, so what we did was we started doing hybrid closings in our office last year. Uh, we set it up where buyers and sellers, um, not loan documents, but any other documents that are associated with the transaction we're able to be signed in person in our conference room on a Surface Pro tablet. And so we did that for a while and surprisingly we experienced tremendous success. Uh, I always talk about my first transaction that we did as a hybrid. Um, it was actually in a real estate agent's office. It was a 73 year old woman and she had no issues taking a stylus and, and actually touching the Surface Pro tablet and signing it. Um, so I saw that, that, that model was able to work in person. So we were very eager to get started in January and implementing that um, using Ron closings. So when we, when we first started advertising that we were this Ron provider, we could do digital closings, uh, people were looking at me funny, like Ron with the digital closings. And we got a tremendous amount of pushback. Um, and it, it was interesting. And then like everybody else here, you know, as soon as March hit, end of February, March hit, I started to have other attorneys that were calling me that started to ask me if I could handle their Ron closings. 
Um, I made that decision in early March that I would not because I wanted to be that person who only worked with you know buyers and sellers, not being that that uh, Ron notary for other attorneys. Um, so we've continued to handle digital closings, um, and and it's it's great. You know the feedback that we get from real estate agents, the feedback that we get from buyers, sellers. You know at, at 70, 80 years old. It's all great, and just like we can sit here, guys, and we can laugh about different jokes and, and uh, correspond, it's, it's a very similar feel of doing a wrong closing. We've got our four or five screens, we've got our notary, we've got our clients, and we, we're able to, uh, to go along. And for me, I kind of sit back and I kind of direct the conversation, uh, like you are, Melissa, and explaining the documents for the closing. Um, and then the notary is notarizing the documents who works for notary cam um, so that there's different ways to do it. But I've chosen not to be that IT person, that person who is helping with any technological glitches, more the person who just comes on to explain the documents once everything's set up. So you're truly acting uh, in the role of attorney and title agent. Uh, making sure the documents are explained properly, that questions are answered, and you're utilizing the platforms notary, online notary, to actually manipulate and guide people through the website, through the technology, and then actually notarizing the documents. Exactly, exactly. And, and I've, I've thought about switching that model, but for me, I enjoy staying focused just like you know, we, we are focused and we're not doing raw closings for other attorneys. I enjoy staying focused and just being that person who is the real estate attorney title agent and not the one, you know, trying to figure out why the web camera doesn't work or why the link isn't working to get online or being that IT consultant. So let's go to Kyla because she has a very different perspective and a very different um, experience. So, Kyla. Indeed. I am the older attorney. <laughs> always. It's all relative. It's all relative. I'm older than Jordan. Yeah. And um, I, I have always embraced technology from the beginning of my practice until now, 20 plus years later. I always do it. I was I never even had a typewriter when I started my practice if that if you can understand how much I love and embrace technology I was always the person that I did scanning before anyone else did scanning to PDFs um, that being said I did not get on board with Ron or Ron closings I didn't become a Ron notary in order to make a business out of it I did it for the benefit of my own practice when I signed up in February I, at the um, beginning of February, I signed up. Um, but I found that after the pandemic hit, that people were needing our services. And I felt like this is what I can contribute and assist to my colleagues and everybody around the state. If I could do this, then I'm going to do it. And yeah, it's taking up more time, but um, we are saving deals by being and having this service. If they wanna to go to a notary cam or notarize and have these uh, set up through the, these entities directly, they need to have at least a week or sometimes two weeks out planning. And sometimes deals don't happen like that and you, you need to have something done and you need an urgent notarization to get a transaction closed 
that's where we come into the picture and we can, can we can do it we can conduct it and we get it done it sometimes there are it glitches as jordan mentioned but i am patient enough to walk these people through and sometimes i can get a closing done or signing done in 15 minutes on other occasions on one occasion it took two hours but it's okay, we were in the early stages of learning and understanding how to use this software, how to get through the process. It was worth it to me because in the end, I'm helping out my colleagues and that's really where we're coming from. So just to make sure our audience, excuse me, our audience understands, Kyla is an online notary, uh, registered under Florida and she actually, well, I call it driving the bus. She drives the bus. Uh, she acts as both the attorney and the title agent and the online notary to help people get through everything. Now, in those situations where she's supporting another fund member, she's really just acting as the online notary and the, I guess, the IT person. Um, yes. But she has a different perspective, a different um, way of handling things. Uh, so let's go for yet a third option, which is Skip. Um, talk to us about how you are utilizing Ron, if at all. So I'm late to the game, which is a little embarrassing because Melissa and I were involved in the legislation last year. Nonetheless, um, I've had only a couple situations where I've needed it. One, we had uh, California sellers, and uh, I hired one of our colleagues uh, to be my online notary like Kyla's doing that business model. Um, and then we've had some sellers in, um, elderly sellers in nursing homes, which presents a challenge. They're not gonna have the uh, ability. So I hired another colleague, uh, attorney, uh, who met them out in their parking lot. We certainly don't want anyone to go in a nursing home. So we're just doing workarounds. Uh, by next week, I will have two of my closers who will be uh, online notaries. So I'll check back with you and let you know how it goes. Well, it's been interesting to to get um, not just the three of you, the perspective of the three of you, but uh, fund members from around the state, um, because there are fund members that are just like Kyla and Jordan and have been using it uh, for several months and are really engaged in it, um, and people like Skip that are saying, you know, this this could be helpful. There are situations in when in which this could be helpful. How do I get started? Um, so for everyone out there, uh, don't worry about whether you're in or out, uh, paid attention to it or not. It's not too late uh, to learn more about this and get involved in RON. But generally speaking, even though it is, there's a learning curve, not just for you, but for your clients and customers to say, is this okay? Can we do it this way? Um, and there's that fear of technology with some people, generally speaking, yes, thumbs up. It's a tool that can be used. Need some tweaks? I'm not seeing a thumbs up from Jordan. Oh, I need a thumbs up. Yes, there are definitely tweaks that are needed. The, all, all platforms are not created equal. Right. I was just, sorry, all, I was just saying all platforms are not created equal. But um, but there is a a way to work around whatever bugs you know problems that you have or you encounter, um, and and I'm willing to I'm patient enough to work with that, 
but I can't say that everyone would be as patient as me. <laughs> if, anyone needs, if anyone listening needs any advice, you know, feel free to reach out to me because I, every every week uh, attorneys reach out to me, and I think it's a common misunderstanding that you don't have to have your wrong license in order to do a wrong closing, right? There are platforms like Notary Cam where all you have to do is just you have to send the documents to them, and they've got a notary, and they can take care of the closing. You just need a week or two weeks notice in order to set that up. So that's right. I think that's something that really needs to be talked about more because it's a common misconception that people it, think that they need their wrong license in order to do wrong closings, and you do not. Yeah, it is definitely a common misconception, and uh, Michael Rothman and I get those questions uh, pretty frequently. They've subsided a little bit in volume, but we still get those questions. Um, well, I there is a group of us that are working on some tweaks to the uh, RON legislation um, because I think the pandemic has certainly made us laser focused on both the positives and the negatives of the current law and the language of the current law. Um, and when you mesh that with uh, the pros and cons of the existing technology out there, it has revealed some gaps uh, in the language of the law that we're hoping to tweak in order to make it better. Um, so we're working on that right now. It's not gonna ease the um, crunch that the platforms are experiencing with uh, the very, very high demand that they have, uh, but we're in this for the long haul when it comes to Ron because this is a tool that will be beneficial to consumers when this pandemic is dealt with. Um, it will be a useful tool uh, for them to use to make their lives a lot more convenient. So in our last minute here, panel, uh, let me thank you again for your willingness to do this, uh, to take time out of your day to participate. Um, thank you for your dedication to the industry and your dedication to making sure that consumers have the best experience possible when they close on their homes, because that is ultimately what we're all about. So to our audience, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can catch this content on our podcast title now, so please subscribe. I love seeing uh, my numbers go up in that subscription rate. And of course, above all else, thank you for your support of the fund.